0: Hello, hello friends. Welcome to the Mill Spouse Mastermind Show. Today, I am sharing a conversation I had with Sarah Otto. She is a new friend that I met through the Military Spouse of the Year Network. She is president and co-founder of the Ohana Homefront Foundation, a nonprofit founded in 2021. The mission of the foundation is to ensure that no service member, veteran, Military spouse or military child is left behind when it comes to receiving mental health and wellness care. So, in this episode, Sarah and I talk about what she saw and observed happening in our military community and what steps she took to start addressing this problem. It's a powerful example of using your experience and passions to make an impact in the lives of others. I know you're going to get a lot out of this conversation, so let's go ahead and dive into the show. You, my friend, were made for more. More than the managing of schedules, keeping up with kiddos, and holding down the home front. Welcome to the Mill Spouse Mastermind Show, the podcast that empowers you to get unstuck and craft a life with more meaning and less overwhelm. I'm your host, Christine, seasoned military spouse, mom of three, and your guide to designing a life you love and growing a purpose-fueled business as a military spouse. I believe you have something valuable to offer. And when you pursue the things that light your heart on fire, you trade frustration for fulfillment and isolation for a life of impact. It's time to discover who you are meant to be, because together we can change the world. You are more than a mill spouse, but without a sense of purpose in life, you will often feel frustrated and unfulfilled. As military spouses who follow our loved ones around, who spend our time making sure our kids are taken care of and that the house is taken care of and that we are settled in each location, it's easy to put our own dreams, our passions, our purposes on the back burner and to lose our sense of self and to feel like we are just a military spouse. So if you feel like you've lost your excitement, your passion, your confidence, you feel confused about what you should be doing with your time and how to go about making an impact in a way that doesn't cause you more overwhelm and burnout, I've got you. Go watch my free workshop all about getting you the clarity you need so that you can start crafting a life with purpose. So that you can trade your frustration for fulfillment and your isolation and lack of connection for a life of impact. You can access that free training just by clicking the link in the show notes below or by going to millspousemastermind.com workshop. All right, without further ado, here's my conversation with Sarah Otto about choosing to be an agent of change and make a difference in the lives of military families everywhere. Sarah Otto,
1: welcome to the Mill Mastermind Show. I'm so thrilled to have you with us here today. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm really excited to share everything with, with your listeners. Well, Sarah is going to be telling us all about the work
0: she's doing with the Ohana Homefront Foundation. But first, I always love getting to hear people's military spouse stories. So would you just take us back and tell us a little bit about your journey? Did you have any idea what you were getting into? Tell us about your life as a military spouse.
1: So my husband and I are high school sweethearts and in 1996, yes, I said 1996, um, he came to my parents' house the day before homecoming and said, I joined the Navy today. And I was like, you did what? Cause that was not our life plan. Our life plan was, we were both going to get music degrees and we were going to teach at our hometown and, Like, that was going to be life. Um, Obviously, it had different plans. That's a little bit out of left field. I know. (laughs) He went to boot camp in June of 97 and graduated boot camp in August of 97. And we got engaged during um, his liberty, which was very romantic in front of the payphones at Great Lakes. Probably the most romantic engagement story you'll ever hear. Nice. And so... I was I'm a year younger, so I was back in high school, and then we actually parted ways, and we both married other people. And I actually married a, someone in the Air Force, so I I've re- literally been around the military the whole time. Um, And then we you just up, couldn't we, get away. No, no definitely. And my whole family's Air Force, so we're Jay is the odd man out. Literally, <laughs> everybody's Air Force but him. Um. So nice. He um. So in 2005 we got back together and then we got married in 2006. So I became I went from Air Force to Navy, but back to where the beginning, you know, I just it came full circle is how I like to say it. Um we've moved, I don't even know how many times between in the last 25 years um and Uh, yeah, we have three kids and they're all adults and we have a grandbaby and we have seen so many deployments. It's kind of crazy. I was ombudsman for USS The Sullivans for three and a half years in Florida and became a certified trainer for ombudsman, which was extremely awesome um, for that. But And then he retired in 2018. He did his 21 and a half and said, okay, things are changing too fast it's time for me to bow out and now he's a contractor with the Na- with the coast guard so it's, we really cannot get away from the military
0: for sure so take us back to what led you to start the ohana homefront foundation what were you doing and what was the idea behind that
1: so ohana homefront foundation was a brainchild it was kind of a i woke up one day and decided this is what i wanted to do um so I had been with previous nonprofits that helped veterans. It was specific. It wasn't our, that encompassed everything. And so I called my best friend, Natalie Ely, and said, I have an idea. And she said, okay, what do you want me to do? And I said, I want you to co-found it with me. And she said, okay, I'm in, but what's the idea? And so... (laughs) We sat at my dining room table, pushing a piece of paper back and forth, and she had written family home front. And I was like, yeah, but that's bleh. You know, it just doesn't sound appealing. So I was like, what about Ohana home front? Because my husband did his three years, his last three years in Hawaii. Natalie and her family did many years there. Her daughter is married to a Marine and they had just left there. So I'm like, it makes sense. And so the name was born. Um, And my goal whenever I got a hold of Natalie was to have something that encompassed the entire military community whenever it came to mental health um, and have free services. So that's that's where it started. And it just keeps blossoming from there.
0: Well, I was going to ask you about the name because I was telling my husband, he's like, it's not in Hawaii. Why are they calling themselves Ohana? And I was like, well, I don't know. I will ask, but I really do love the Hawaiian definition of Ohana because being stationed here in Hawaii right now, and we've done some research into this because it it kind of describes not just biological family that you're a part of, but all of the social connections that you have because all of us impact each other. So I love that term, but I I'm happy to hear the story behind that. So talk about from where you started with this idea and, and kind of how it's grown and evolved and kind of what it all
1: encompasses today. Oh man. How long you got? As much time as it takes. Um so so whenever we started, it was just Natalie and I and we started our Facebook page and the next day we started getting messages. So I had a moment of freak out because we had no counselors. We had nobody to send this spouse to. So we quickly brought on, um, a counselor and she was able to help that spouse, even though the uh, counselor, Nicole Pingle was in Missouri and the spouse was in North Carolina. We made sure that we got her the help that she needed. So, We started off there and then we just kind of grew. So we have, I believe now we have nine states covered with counselors. And then we have uh, partnerships with Vita Health and Foresight Mental Health. So we can outsource if we need to. Um, And then we have peer-to-peer support. So if, let's say, somebody doesn't necessarily want counseling, they just want to talk to somebody that has been there, done that, worn the boots or bought the t-shirt, that's what peer-to-peer support is. It's kind of, I don't want to say mentoring because that's not really what it is, but it's it's the likeness uh, of being in the same shoes. And then we have a life coach, a health coach, a mind and body coach. Um, so that's our mental health side. Um, and then we have obviously our operational side with the marketing and stuff like that. But we are in the process of accreditation for a virtual crisis center. Uh, and that will hopefully take place before the end of 23, but it takes time. It takes money and a lot of patience. I've learned patience with this, you know, things don't happen overnight. So everything that we have is available to, if you were in the military for five minutes or 50 years, it doesn't matter. We are going to take care of you because the whole entire family needs to be okay for you to stay strong. And if there's one weak link there, it it can all fall apart. And so that's why we, and we have a continuity of care. So if they have, they'd have a counselor, a life coach, a health coach, peer to peer support would be the end. And we're all together. We're a one-stop shop and everything is free and we are not DOD. So it makes it a little bit more open. So service members can feel safe. Everybody within our organization, as soon as you come on board, sign a non-disclosure. So nobody's going to be talking about your business. And your command won't find out unless it's a mandated reportable. So it's that safe haven for everybody within the family to know that it's it's okay to not be okay. And there are people here to help.
0: For sure. So Talk about as you were building this, and I know there are a lot of people that have recognized that mental health is a huge issue. And there's, you know, we have chaplains that people can talk to. We, we have the in-flat counselors. We have Military OneSource that's trying to provide some non-medical counseling. Talk about how you were you figuring out where does Ohana Homefront Foundation fit into all of this and, and what kind of support do people need?
1: So what we figured is we are the gap filler. Um, We are the ones that will pick up the pieces. We will fill the gaps. We will seal the creases, um, all of those. Where, you know, if you, if a veteran were to call the VA and can't get in or they hang up on them, which I've heard, which is really sad, you know, we are that stop for them where they know that they're going to get help. We are going to figure it out one way or the other. If we don't have that counselor, we're going to find one for you. And we do not stop. Our mental health team, Candice Gelzo is our mental health director and Nicole Pingle is our manager. They will go above and beyond and lose sleep if they have to, to try to find the correct resource or the correct person or whoever they need um, in order to get the help because we know that there is also a shortage of mental health counselors. Um, and that's not just the military, that's just in general, but we see it on military bases a lot now. And that namely I believe is because of there's so much red tape on how to become a counselor on a base. And so we actually have Aaliyah Landry. She is our policy director on our board of directors, and she has a white paper going across to help spouses in that aspect um, for credentialing and all that good stuff. So we're working together on a lot of things. It's It seems like we just keep building and building on it um, and meeting with Congress and senators and having legislature put through. Just because our military community is, it means so much to me. I mean, it means a lot to all of us, but the military to me, it it is my Ohana, you know, and to give back is something that was needed. And to see people struggling when they don't need to struggle is is a big part of it.
0: And I know, because I hear from so many people just about, the challenges of finding counseling in the local area and having the licensing issues, you know, especially if you're stationed somewhere where you live in one state, but the largest town is in the state over and, and all of these issues that seem like they should not be issues. And yet it keeps people from getting the support that they need. So I'd love to hear more about some of your advocacy efforts, and what you've been talking to Congress about, and what's currently being
1: done. So right now, I don't know if any of your listeners or yourself have heard of the Brandon Act. Um, we The Brandon Act was named after a sailor, Brandon Caserta, um, and he ended his life in 2018 in Norfolk, and it was due to toxic leadership. And so we have a lot of advocacy. That's, that's been what we've been about. But then I had a meeting with Terry and Patrick Caserta and Brandon's parents. And it turned into passionately angry became my like phrase. Um, and the things that they said that had happened and the Brandon act is in place for military service members to not be reprimanded. That is what it's for, for them to say, Brandon Act, and they will not get reprimanded. They won't get haste, They won't get, you know, anything. They can get the help that they need. Um, it was signed by President Biden in 21. The DOD has not started recognizing it yet. So it is not in place. So I started my, I want to say, passionately angry stint with going to Congress and Senators and asking why. Because Mrs. Caserta, Terry, she will call me or message me and she is in tears whenever she finds out that a sailor has ended their life because she feels like that is on her. That's, that's her problem. That's her fault because it's not being taken care of. And I have to remind her, it's not her fault. Um, so I go in with the premise of asking about the Brandon Act not ever. Obviously we'll talk about Ohana, but it's more of why are our military members ending their lives whenever this is, you know, it is in place, you know, president Biden signed it. Why? I mean, he's the commander in chief, right? So why are you not recognizing it? Why do we still have these toxic leaders? And I could go on and on about toxic leadership, but we also have our good leaders. So I'm not going to hit that too hard. Um, I've always had amazing COs that my husband has been under and some of us are still best friends to this day. Uh, but there are those, unfortunately that I will, so I will quote um, his name is Rico player. He's a retired Marine. He, if you look him up, he does documentaries about military suicide. He does all kinds of things. He's actually won an Emmy award. Um, and him and I messaged back and forth and he said, you know, the problem is Sarah is that once they get to a certain rank, they forget what it's like. And it just becomes about that next stripe, that next star, that next whatever. And so it becomes lip service. And he's like, we're trying to break that. And he is, he's in Hollywood trying to break this. And so... I started thinking about it and he's right. You know, those that go up in rank really fast, they sometimes forget what it's like to be an E3, whatever, and have a family, have a spouse and kids and dogs and cats and whatever, and have to think about them. And then if they go to work and they're stressed and don't get me wrong, stress is everywhere. We're all going to get stressed. But, um, if it's toxic, you don't know what's going to happen and they could take it home. It could turn into domestic violence. It could, there are so many different things that could happen and we need to use our voices. I guess I always, the, the term is your voice. You need to use your voice, have your voice heard. That's another reason we started doing virtual town halls and we have, one in Norfolk on Saturday on March 4th. And we have one in Northern Virginia on April 22nd. And because we want to hear the problems. If we don't know what the problems are, we can't keep moving forward because something that would affect you in Hawaii may not affect somebody in Texas or, you know, whatever it is. So we need to know in order to take these issues to who needs to take care of them.
0: Yeah. And there's some elements that are unique to where you live, like in Hawaii, cost of living is extremely high. And, and I think so often about those families that are young enlisted and, and trying to just buy groceries and, and the stress that that puts on people. And, you know, it's going to look somewhat different depending on where you're stationed, but there are elements that are really contributing to just that added mental stress that pressure. And if you don't know where to turn, that's a problem. What are some of the things that you are hearing from people that they are struggling with right now?
1: Um, We actually have been reached out to for food insecurity, because we know that that's a big, that's a big platform right now with military spouses. We are, you know, they're working really hard to fight food insecurity. And let me preface by saying, like, there are so many things you don't think about that affect your mental health. And a civilian is not going to see it from the same side that we are or as the military service member, whatever. So for us having that other aspect as military spouses, we have some veterans on our team. We have some civilians, that kind of thing. So they're getting a grasp of what it's like to be on this side. I kind of liken it to Pearl Harbor Hickam because it, there's that pipe that goes right down the middle. And it's you can tell which side's Navy which side's Air Force, you know, it's gray, and then it's nice and bright. So that's kind of how I liken it, that pipe. I know, sorry, that's just what I that's what I think of as to how it's divided. I mean, I know exactly what you're talking about, that that lovely pipe. So and it is funny how it is that way. And that is how civilians, I think they think that we're the Air Force side. You know, that is how it is that we make so much money and we are all okay and everybody's fine and life is hunky dory when realistically we're on the gray side we're on the navy side and so we see a lot of food insecurity we see they can't get into a counselor we see um there are no counselors we see that their husband was reprimanded to the ship and had to stay there because he had mental health issues which how does that help your mental health? We've seen it's it's there's so much, and we have veterans that come to us, and the things that they say about the veteran crisis line. And I'm not digging at them whatsoever, but it because everybody is lacking help, and so if we can pick up pieces that have been dropped on the floor, we we're gonna do that. We will. We're we are a team of I don't even want to say team. We're we're really a family of. Those that are going to go to the edge of the earth. Every single person with an OHF is a volunteer. And so none of us get a paycheck. So you know, even our counselors, so you know that what you're getting is strictly from the heart. And I'm not a licensed counselor, but I have always said I will listen to you. You know, if you want to vent, you want to talk, I would rather listen to you scream, hoot, holler than have to attend your funeral. So line is always open for communication with any of us
0: which is so important and so powerful just to have that place that you you're not it's not gonna cost you anything but that there are people out there that are for you and that care about you and care about your mental health and and I think that's really powerful talk a little bit about building this organization how did you go about? finding people, and and how are you continuing to grow this
1: organization? So, like I said, it started with Natalie and I. And then it became my background's internet marketing. So I was like, we're just going to go on all the military spouse pages. We're just going to put it out everywhere and see who wants to come on board. We had some connections still from previous organizations, um, and we were able to contact them, and they brought in people for us. Um, And then the military spouse of the year, there were people from all of them were just like, you just let us know what you need. And whether it was them partnering with us to help with food insecurity or if they were going to join our team, what have you. But uh, we started in our 501c3 didn't get, we filed at the very end of 2021. And I will say that we were blessed with my husband's boss was the one that donated the money because he said this needs to happen you guys need to keep moving forward. We were only 2 months old. We didn't have any funding. I was funding everything out of pocket. And so we filed before the end of the year and 2022 we started the year as a official 501c3. Uh we you know we do the different fundraisers. We do events. We but the entire time we wanted to have something that people felt comfortable with. And so It was real. And so you'll always get me saying, um, uh, whatever, but I don't want to be scripted. I want them to feel comfortable to know. And I everybody in our team is the same way. So we we use LinkedIn as a big one. In person events, we get some people, and then some people just reach out and they're like, We found your website, what can we do? I had one mom that messaged and she goes, I have been trying to get involved with a suicide prevention team for the last year and no one will email me back. And I was like, what, how it's a volunteer. Why are they not? And so within a day we brought her on and she actually told me, she goes, I will sell everything I have buy an RV and go around the United States if you need me to, because that is how important this is. That's powerful. It's extremely powerful. And we hear a lot of where were you 5 years ago well 5 years ago this wasn't you know we weren't here unfortunately this wasn't even a inkling in my brain then um but we're here now and we've been asked why don't you partner with another organization that does does this kind of stuff and i always politely have to say if you can show me another nonprofit that does exactly what our mission is and does what our mental health side does We will partner with them so we don't have to recreate the wheel, but you're not going to find one. And if you did, they're not doing anything because we wouldn't be getting the calls that we do if something was in place.
0: Yeah, it's something that is definitely the problem. And I am so grateful that more and more people are becoming aware of what the problems are and being willing to talk about the issues. But as we become more aware of these problems, we still have to find the solutions. And so I love that people like you are out there saying, this is my experience in my life. These are the things that I have walked through. This is what I've seen. This is what I've observed. And I'm not going to just sit there. I'm going to step up and say, Here's something that we can do about this problem. And and to step into that, to find a sense of purpose, to be able to serve so many other families, to serve the military community as a whole. And, and that's just a really powerful thing when we're able to look at our lives and say, okay, what are all the things that I've experienced in my life? And how can I turn around and help support those in need?
1: Yeah. And our military kids and caregivers, those are two really high on my list because those are kind of the silent people forget about them. And that's sad because um, we, you know, caregivers, they take care of their spouse who probably doesn't work. You know, they have such bad PTSD. They actually are completely disabled. And then they take care of their kids, the house, but who takes care of them? And then our kids, I mean, April's the month of the military child and you hear that a lot. But what about the rest of the months of the year? April is just one month. So last year we made it extremely personal with the month of military child because I have, like I said, three kids. Natalie has two. A lot of us have kids um, within the family. And so we started just for April. Uh, We do not nominations, but you can send in information about your child, a photo. We give them a shout out on social media. The child gets a certificate. The child gets, um, we're hoping to have a sponsor this year to go a little more above and beyond. But last year we did red box codes that was easy to email and let them know, you know, you're seen, we see you. And, you know, kids, they get the certificate whenever their their parent re-enlists or they retire. But that certificate literally is a piece of paper that is a template and everybody gets one. So this is something different and every year the certificate will change so that they, you know, everybody can nominate or not nominate, but um, submit a, the child again. Um, and we heard so many parents from so many parents last year, you know, that made my child's day because their, their dad was gone and they really just wanted a mom date and we were able to rent a movie and, you know, it's just the little things, you know, you don't, and it, doesn't cost anything to be kind to everybody in general, in the world. Uh, that's something that I think has gone away. I don't think people think about that anymore, you know, do unto others, right? And it, a smile costs nothing. A, hey, how you doing? What can I do for you? Um, without expecting something in return. And yeah, that's, that's, I could just go on and on about that. It It costs nothing to be kind.
0: I mean that is so powerful and so true and I think it's so important for our kids. I mean, I know I have these conversations with my kiddos all the time like, okay, regardless of how other people are treating you, it's still on you to choose kindness. And and when I when I think about our military kids, I know so often we say, "Well, they're resilient. They're resilient." But resiliency is a learned skill and the more that we can do to help support them, to help them be able to know what do I do when I have all these feelings when you know my mom, my dad is gone, or I'm having to say goodbye to my friends, and 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 that is tough on our kids. And so, being able to provide resources to help them learn those emotional intelligence skills and learn how to be resilient in the face of challenges is so important.
1: I agree, Shermaine Perry Knight. She, um, has a workbook for kids and she puts out books about military life. Um, so I recommend those to a lot of people and find the little things that you can do with your kids. Like if there's a military night somewhere and it's free, take your kids again, it costs nothing except for gas to get there. Right. Or if it's right down the road, you can walk. But don't let your kids stay staring at those four walls and ask them how they are because we all know kids, especially teenagers, are not just gonna come out and say, Well, blah, 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 you know, I'm having a bad day. Um, so ask them, you know, are you and don't make it a yes or no. Open in question. So instead of saying, Are you okay? It's what did you do today? What was your favorite part of today? Or, what was the worst thing that happened to you today? What can we do to fix that? You know, open-end questions because, you know, like I said, I raised three teenagers and they are all very close in age-like, literally stair steps. Mine and my husband's daughters are five and a half months apart. So, like, everybody is really close in age. And it was tough. Gosh, it was tough because, tr- and trying to pry something out of them is, not easy. And my husband did his last three years in Hawaii geobatch. And so it was it was me against three teenagers whose dad was gone. And it was me. Like, I had to have a come into terms party with myself on how am I going to handle this? What am I going to do for myself? How am self care is important. Again, I was the caregiver not to an adult, but to three teenagers by myself. And so how do you make it through that? How do, how do you take care of you? And don't lose yourself in that.
0: I mean, that's so important. I think we, you know, it's easy to put yourself on the back burner to say, okay, they need this. I need to be there for them. Whether that's, you know, I haven't reached that part to have teenagers yet, but I, I know what it feels like to have littles at home and to be in that season where you have young kids that need you all the time and, and to feel like, okay, like how do I take care of myself? And, and to say, oh, okay, I'll just stay up late or I'll just do the thing and not actually take care of myself. But when we do that, that's how we burn out. That's how we get in trouble when we don't take that time to do the things that are going to fill our cup so that we can turn around and serve the people that we care about.
1: Put your mask on first. They tell you that on the airplane? Absolutely. It applies to this as well. So
0: if I have listeners, number one, if they want to get involved, if they want to be able to be a part of the organization, how? what's the best way to learn about the organization and how they can help?
1: All right. Our website's ohanahomefront.org and you can click through there. There's a volunteer application directly in there. Um, If there's an idea of something that they want, let's say somebody has a niche and it's not on the list of opportunities, tell us because we, we will figure it out. Jared Knight, um, the Navy's Best of the Year for Space Force Base, which is kind of ironic, um, he came up with the term active advocacy. For instead of stirring the pot, it's active advocacy. And so when he came to us and was like, I want to help, I was like, what am I going to call you? Because he wanted to do everything. Like I can't call you jack of all trades. So he is our active advocacy director. Like that's because he just wants to help with everything. Um I want everybody to have a place and feel valued. So I know that I've been told not everybody has to have a title. No they don't, but it makes you feel good, doesn't it, to say this is this is what I'm called and to be recognized for it. So I try to give everybody a specific name uh within the organization. I'm sure at some point I'm gonna run out with run out of names. But um ohanahomefront.org and they can go to our website and see everything. And then you can also email president at ohanahomefront.org and I will be happy to help. And if anybody's listening and they need help, like right away, we do have a phone line that is um, taken care of by our mental health director and manager. Um, and that number is 804. 804- Two one four two seven six three. Perfect.
0: I will link all of that in the show notes below as we wrap up today. I would love to know what your vision,
1: your big dream for the future is. Oh man, I have so many of them. So my big, I call it BHAG, big hairy audacious goal is my three-year plan is to definitely have one brick-and-mortar location for OHF and have the hotline, text line, chat line blowing up and being used, um, and everything running smoothly, uh, that's three year goal, uh, five, 10 year goal. I would love to have a location within every major location. So that would be like San Diego area, uh, Norfolk area, San Antonio, Jacksonville, Florida, those kind of things so that we can have hubs basically. Um, for OHF, where people can walk in and say, I just want to talk to somebody. We could have a counselor on board right there. And then those those are just ideas in my head that I would like to see happen. Those are goals.
0: But all of those goals go back to that big goal of making sure our military community is taken care of and to reduce the suicide numbers. Those numbers that do not need to be as high as they are. And when we step into doing the things that we feel called to do and making a difference in the lives of others, we impact the world for good. And lives are truly changed because of that. And that's exactly what you are doing. And you have probably, to this point, helped more people than you will ever know. But I just want to recognize you for what you are doing and and the importance of this work and say thank you for your dream, for your vision, for putting this into action and for making a difference in the lives of others.
1: It's just people mean a lot to me. And the military will always be my family. And I'm not going to cry, although I'm tearing up a little bit. But thank you. It's it's the least that I can do after everything that the military gave to us over for over two decades.
0: All right, friends, I hope this episode encouraged and inspired you. Please note, If you need help, if you know that you are struggling, do not stay silent. Please reach out for help. Tell a friend, reach out to the Ohana Homefront Foundation. Just do something. Don't try to figure this out on your own and just hope that things get better. Take action. Now, if you are looking for a way to give back to help support military families and get them the resources that they need, if you want to be a part of the solution to a big challenge for military families today, the Ohana Homefront Foundation would absolutely love your help. All of the links are in the show notes below, so go check out their website Connect with Sarah. She would love to have a conversation about how you can get involved. Now, obviously, there are so many factors that impact this problem, right? We talked about food insecurity, financial instability. So many other things affect our health and wellness. And it is possible for all of us to make some kind of impact and address this challenge. There is something that each of us can do. I shared Jessica Honegger's quote last week on the podcast, but I feel like it's a good way to end this episode today. And she says your contribution matters, even if that contribution feels awfully small right now. So an easy way to make an impact is just by sharing this podcast with a friend because we are better together and together we can make a big impact. We can ensure that every military member, veteran, military spouse, and family member has the tools and resources and support that they need so that all of us can thrive. Together we can turn the tide. I will see you back here next week. Until then, may you live filled, fueled. Hey friend, before you go, the Mill Spouse Mastermind community is here to help you thrive as a military spouse. Figure out what lights your heart on fire and equip you to create a life of impact. You can have an incredible impact simply by heading over to iTunes to subscribe and leave a review. And if today's episode was meaningful to you, I know it will be for others too.